Hey, everybody. What's hey, hey, hey. Welcome to season one, episode two of Sincerely Zainab. We are back tonight with the fellas, and we're talking about the relationship from hell. I want to thank you all for hopping on tonight. We're glad to have you all here. Y'all, it's hump day. We are halfway. Okay. Two more days into the weekend. I'm so excited. How's everybody's week been so far? Let us know in the comments. Gary, how's your week been so far? It's been eventful. Eventful, yeah. Very. I, very I agree. It's been eventful. Yeah. You, Brady. Uh, my day's been a little challenging. My week's been a little challenging, but it's all good. You got to grow through it, you know? That's right. Absolutely. I like that attitude. So tonight I am joined by three gentlemen. Omar will be here in a little bit. Um, I want them to take a few moments to tell us about themselves. Let's go ahead and start with Brady. Can I ask a question before I do that? Sure. Can you tell me your Facebook so that I can post it for people to see? Uh, my Facebook uh, is just my name, first and last name. That's on the screen. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, hmm. It's always a, I hate that interview question. Tell me a little bit about yourself. <laughs> like it's the worst one. Um, it really is the. Let's see. My hair. I am a school counselor, a mental health counselor. I run a nonprofit. Um, I fight MMA. Um, what else is there? I started another business that I'm I'm not really gonna be super vocal about yet until it goes where God says it's gonna go. Um, I don't know. What else would you like to know? I think that's that sums it up. That's good. I'm so yeah. glad you can make it through, you know. Faith in it till I make it. Yes. Gary, tell us a little bit about yourself. Man, so um I am a full-time father. <laughs> Every day, all day. Screaming babies. So you tired, tired. you tired, tired. You tired, tired, running on fumes. Um, but no, nah, I'm a uh, I'm a marine electrician at uh, Norfolk Naval Shipyard, uh, a graduate of D Norfolk State University. Um, oh, get get your act together now. I'll walk up off this live. I will, I will walk up out of here. Okay. Um, I am married to a lovely, lovely woman, uh, Scotty Johnson Smith, uh, Doctor Scotty Johnson Smith. Um, I have, I'm a father of two little girls. Um, I'm a family man. God-fearing man, uh, I uh, I act in my part-time, um, and uh, I think that's about it. That covers everything. Good, good. Y'all sound like great men. <laughs> I mean, y'all are great men. Otherwise, I wouldn't have asked y'all to be here today. So thank you to you guys for even agreeing to come on here today. I really, really appreciate your partnership. So... You know, let's just jump right into our discussion. Ah, you know, can we talk for real, y'all? Can we, can we really talk? Can for we sure, for sure. Today, I've had something on my heart for some time now, and I, I wanted to talk about it with y'all. I know y'all been seeing all these memes that Justin Leroy has been collecting on his Instagram. You know, the ones y'all be liking, the ones that be so toxic. Oh, no, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Yep, those. Those are okay. the ones I'm talking about. I want to talk about those. You know, what? one of my friends, Nicole, she said on Instagram this week, you know, that people get their relationship advice from his Instagram. And I'm like, we got to fix that. That is not the place to be getting your advice <laughs> So I want to take a look at one of the first memes. Let's see. Let me put it up on the screen for you guys. 
It says, just because you love me doesn't mean I feel loved by you. Mm -hmm. Just because you love me doesn't mean I feel loved by you. What is our question? Here it is. Should your significant other love you the way you want to be loved? Or should you appreciate the way they express their love and surrender to the love that they offer? What do you guys think about that? <laughs> That's funny. Man, I have a lot of, so I feel like a lot of my thoughts as this goes tonight, just a little disclaimer, um, they might be unpopular opinions because I've, I've recently changed the way I look at a lot of things. So maybe in the beginning, I'll be on the same page as you all, but I'm sure by the end, you'll be like, <laughs> so I think this is twofold, right? I think that you, that's why I talk about the different love languages, right? Like you should love someone the way they want to be loved. Like that's, that's important. But I also don't think that it should be ignored when someone is trying to show love. So I feel like there has to be some type of um, balance there. It can't be, oh, well, that's not how I receive it. So you're not doing it. No, you got to teach people how to treat you, teach people how to love you. And uh -huh. then you can build it together. But to just throw it away because it's not happening the way you want it to happen off rip. I don't know. I, you know, I completely agree with that. And I do think that there's two sides to it as well. You know, I understand love languages and understanding how your significant other wants to be loved. Um, but for the person that is really doing their part to love you, but you're complaining about, you know, what they're what they're not doing as opposed to appreciating what they're actually doing. Um, it's kind of like you end up rejecting a intimate part of that person. Uh, the way that we show love and express our love is like one of the most expressive ways of our intimacy. So we have to be very careful. We're rejecting people in that way. And the other thing is. Some people are just insecure. And because you're so insecure, you're not able to accept the love that your partner is showing you. So if somebody keeps telling you and showing you that you're that they love you, but your insecurity uh, makes them feel like th th like they're lying, that's a you problem. And that's something that you need to fix. That's good. That's good. So what you think, Gary? Oh, man. So uh, I'm going to just keep it a band, like managing. It, all right. So. I'm gonna start out like this. Managing a woman's emotions is challenging. Mm -hmm. It's challenging. Um, so as a man, if I say that I love you, um, and, and so the, the statement was, you say that you love me, but I don't feel loved by you. Um, you know, like he said, we talk about love languages, knowing like how does this person receive love? Is it is it quality time or is it uh, acts of service, whatever the case may be. I think that a lot of that has to do with what it, what is it, what all is it that you're requiring of me? You know, what what is it that you're requiring of me? And um, and if I'm not meeting that, you know, I think a lot of people need to be better about just having conversations. Um, mm -hmm. When you talked about like that insecurity piece, um, sometimes we allow you people allow their their pride to get in the way um, and not humble enough to just say, hey, look, I feel like this and this is why um, I think people just need to be better about just having tough conversations. Absolutely, I agree. Welcome, Omar, we're so glad to have you. What up, what up? You know, let's backtrack a little bit. They gave us a little bit of introduction, you know, they introduced themselves to our viewers. So go ahead, tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll get you in on this question. Um, so my name is Omar Burton, um, affectionately known to some as Focus. Um, I'm a youth and young adult pastor 
Um, I'm an artist. Uh, I am a uh, self-disclosed comedian. Um, but yeah, that's just a little bit about me. Youth pastor, artist, uh, like to have a good time. So at some point, I will be petty in this live, but it's going to make for great content. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we like petty. petty sometimes. We like petty. That's all right. Love, love a little <laughs> bit of petty. So I'm here for the turn up. So what we're doing uh, right now. Oh, go ahead, Brady. Sorry, I hate to jump in. How do you respond to comments on here? Do I type in the private chat box? Or? That's for us. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so you can respond by saying it out loud. We're going to put some of these comments on the screen, too. Fair. Let me catch Omar up. Um, so, Omar, we're talking about these memes that Justin LaVoy posts on his Instagram. You know, some of them are very toxic. Some of them are are good, you know, but a lot of, it seems like a lot of people are getting their relationship advice from this man's Instagram page, and I just feel like we need to kind of fix some of the things that he's saying. So here's our first meme. Just because you love me doesn't mean I feel loved by you. So our question is, should your significant other love you the way you want to be loved? Or should you appreciate the way they express their love and surrender to the love they offer? What are your thoughts? Um, I think that your significant other should love you the way that you desire to be loved. Um, I think oftentimes when we have conversation about love languages, uh, the first thing we do is we immediately think about the way that we desire to be loved. So I think what happens a lot of times in relationships, situationships, imaginationships, is we immediately start to love people the way that we ourselves desire to be loved. So if my if my love language is... Um, it's physical touch, then I'm automatically assuming that the person that I'm dealing with, that that might be their love language. And their love language might be, hey, don't touch me. I actually like quality time or actual service. Like, if you love me, buy me something, right? And I think there will always be tension when we try to force the way that we desire to be loved on other people. If I truly love you, I'm going to spend the time to discover the way that you desire to be loved, and I'm going to love you in a way that is desirable for you. So do y'all think that it could ever be like a meet in the middle to love someone that they desire to be loved, but to also accept how someone likes to show love as well? Do you think it could be a both? Absolutely. I definitely think that the, the two can coexist and there can be a duality there uh, because I think we want to appreciate the way that our partner desires to show that love but not at the cost of you still not loving me the way that I've expressed that I desire to be loved. So yeah. give me both. Love me the way that you desire to love me while simultaneously loving me the way that I've expressed to you that I desire to be loved. So we have a question here in the comments from Tremaine. What is an appropriate amount of time to expect someone to pick up what you're teaching them to do? Example, I like flowers. I vocalize that I like flowers. When should I expect my flowers? Tremaine, come on. Train is up. <laughs> I think this is the problem, right? I think that everybody lives with this, like, you know, immediate gratification. It's like, oh, well, I told you already, you should already know. And it's like, for someone that spent, you know, however old you are, 25, 30, for how, if you spent your whole life living one way, um, you might not necessarily need to tell me again, but show me, I might need more than, than one reminder because in my mind, I'm loving you with everything I got. And yeah, you told me last Tuesday you like flowers and I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to get you some flowers. But I'm, I'm not thinking tomorrow I need to run to the store and, and grab you some flowers right away because now I'm thinking, OK, you can think I only got these flowers because that's what you said. I don't want to I want it to be genuine. I want it to be organic. I want it to be real. So I'm going to get you those flowers because I know that's what you want. But I, I, I might not do it the very next day because is that 
is that real? Is that true love? Or is that, all right, you said it, so I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and check this box. You know what I mean? That's good, Brady. I think for women, a lot of the times we want it when we want it, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it is a process. We gotta be patient. Ooh, help me, Lord, because I ain't patient. Speak, want it when I want it. For sure. Let's go to our uh, our next meme from Justin LeBoy. I, my problem is I like to hurt people feelings the same way they hurt me. Ooh. I just told you about this. I'm trying not to talk no more. Okay, y'all. You said what, Brady? I said I'm trying not to talk no more, but you know I just posted that one the other day. Yes, you did. I got, you just on that one. I got a lot of thoughts on yeah, that. Yeah, we, we need to hear what you got to say. So is revenge ever okay? Have you ever sought revenge on anybody? And what did you learn, if you learned anything? Go ahead, Brady. You posted it the other day. You just told us. Go ahead. All right. I mean... So I think that comes with like, I won't even call it immaturity because I think that's like a harsh label, but just kind of learning yourself and um, everybody wants that get back, that tit for tat. Nobody likes when you call it petty, but that's essentially what it is, right? You hurt me, so I got to hurt you. Or, oh, I'm matching energy. I'm only, if you're not doing this, I'm not doing that. And it sounds good or it sounds logical rather, um, but is that like really good for either of the two of you? You know what I mean? Um, when we think about it, like, so what I said the other day is something to the fact that, like, I'm going to be who I'm going to be regardless. And right. if you decide to do me wrong or do me dirty, then you, you're going to have to take that up with God. Or if you don't believe in God, you and the universe and your karma, whatever you're, whoever you feel like you're going to have to be responsible to at the end of the day, that's between y'all. But I'm not going to let you negatively impact the way that I'm going to be in the world and the energy that I'm going to put out. I'm going to be positive regardless. And I feel like we hurt ourselves when we try to embrace negative energies and, oh, well, they did this, so I'm gonna do that too. Right. Do you feel better at the end of the day or you feel even or even, <laughs> cool, but do you feel better? Exactly. I agree, you know, I feel like we, we feel like we need to seek revenge so it makes us feel like we won or it might feel rewarding in that moment, but that's all about the good feeling you'll get from it. You know, we think it's make us feel better or gain closure about the situation, but it's really just doing the exact opposite. Um, instead of uh, getting over the hostility that you have towards the person, you're just prolonging those negative feelings. And it creates this cycle of retaliation rather than uh, the justice that you're looking for. So for anybody that is trying to seek revenge, my charge to you would be to put that energy into achieving your goals or uh, growing and developing yourself. And, but let me say this, there's a difference between holding someone accountable and seeking revenge. If mm -hmm. someone does do you wrong, you should hold them accountable. There's nothing wrong with accountability, but we're not out here being tit for tat. We shouldn't be anyway. Omar, let's hear from you. Um, that's definitely something that I have done um, before. Um, it felt good in the moment to to seek revenge, but I, what I ended up finding out in the long haul was that in my attempt to hurt somebody else, I ended up hurting myself um, a little bit deeper. Um, mm -hmm. So there was no reward in me trying to seek revenge. Um, mm -hmm. I saw a meme one time that says, you know, don't go low because if you go low, I'm going to go to hell. Um, <laughs> pretty much that is a standard for how low that a person would go. And if it always feels good in the moment to try to get, get back or somebody or uh, to, as we love to say, you know, keep the same energy. 
Um, but sometimes I've had to use uh, a lot of self-restraint. Um, and I have learned that sometimes the best revenge for me personally is absence. Um, so if I'm going to seek revenge at this point, disconnection is the greatest revenge that I can give anybody. That's the energy I'm coming with. I like it. I like it. I have like it. I told you I was going to look at me. Oh, you missed the disclaimer. All right, look. So I told him earlier, like, like I've recently em embraced this shift over the last couple of months where I look at things a little different than I used to. So before I'd be like, yeah, yo, I feel that, I feel that. But now I'm like halfway, like at the end of the day, that's still revenge. You know what I mean? So are you, are, are we working on this whole self-love where we want to be better and we want to grow and we want to be greater? Or is it, all right, well, you harmed me. I was watching Mike Todd the other day and he talked about cancel culture and how everybody's so quick that if it doesn't bring me peace, cut it off and this, that, and the third. But did you give it a chance? Did you do the work on your end to see, okay, does this not serve me or am I somehow causing this to happen? Like what, what role am I playing in this? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Something that really does not bring me peace. Did you consult with God first or did you just decide you ain't like the way that made you feel? So I'm gone. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's layered, but I digress. No, that that is layered. And I could appreciate that point and where you're coming from. Cause that's a real thing. Sometimes we cut people off too quickly. But for me, if I'm I'm a type of person to where if I have reached that point, it is because I have, you know, above all else, guard your heart. So mm -hmm. if I reach a point to where I'm seeking disconnection, it is because I have investigated and discovered that you are a leech and you drain and you take and you drain and you take. So because you are not, you are, connection to you is no longer healthy. Once you become a cancer, it's like this ain't even about cancel culture. Me being so quick to throw you away is I recognize that by keeping you in my life is no longer healthy for my peace of mind. So you got to go. And sometimes as a consequence of that, there's a little bit of revenge in that. But what's overriding what may be looked at as revenge is I have to protect my pe my peace of mind. You know what I'm saying? It was healthy to me at the end of the day. And if my revenge is watching you want that connection and me not giving it to you, I can acknowledge that the, the petty in me will, you know what I'm saying? That tickles the petty in me. But it's like my reason for doing it wasn't for that. But, you know, that's a benefit that's that's added in there with it. Benefit. Fair enough. Gary, we want to hear from you. Don't be quiet over there now. You better chime on in. So um, I'm going to give you a band, though. Like, so 20-year-old Gary, I'm getting even. But not, I'm not even getting even. I'm going to do you better. I'm, I'm going to do you worse. <laughs> better, worse, whatever, however you want to put it. Like, my mom's taught me, like, I'm going to teach you to get even. You got to go above and beyond. So, um, but the 30-year-old Gary is like, I gotta surround my peace, right? So I can't allow what another person does to uh, cause me to, to, what I've learned is, it's collateral damage, right? So like if I'm trying to get back at a person, I'm probably hurting and damaging somebody else that didn't do no wrong to me. Mm -hmm. So now that person is a result, that like they got, they getting hurt as a result to me trying to get even with somebody else. Um, so I've learned that, it's, it's better to just, the biggest flex is leveling up. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, get your money right. The biggest flex is like, yo, I'm good without you. You know what I mean? So it just depends on the situation. But I would definitely say 20-year-old Gary, it's going to get ugly for you, you know? Um, in, in regards to now, uh, I just got more about, more peace of, about me to where um, I understand that sometimes there's something that's at work in that person. You know what I mean? To where 
like they say, hurt people hurt people, right? Um, it may be something that they wrestling with that is causing them to, you know, treat people a certain way. You know what I mean? And that ain't for me. Like so, like Omar said, like sometimes I gotta, I gotta go ahead and disconnect from you because you're not allowed access to me. You know what I mean? Like I decide whether or not I want you in my space. You know what I mean? I decide that whether or not uh, you're valuable to, to, to you know, have my interactions. So uh, today, I'm just I'm gonna chuck the deuces. And you know, revenge will have you out here looking crazy. Okay, have you way out of character? Um, I have look, well, look, look. Back in the day, I ain't worried about none of that. I don't care about none of that. That was almost me, but I caught myself, y'all. I did. <laughs> I caught myself. I think about it now, like, dang, girl, I'm, I'm glad you ain't do that. <laughs> we got a question from Tremaine in the uh, comments. How do you balance cutting off leeches with wanting to see people you're connected to do better? How do you balance cutting off leeches with wanting to see people you're connected to do better? So I can speak on that one. Um, and and that's, this, is a, this is a thick one because I got... Uh, some people that I care about, right? Some people that I grew up with and um, I, I genuinely want to see them do better. I wouldn't necessarily call them leeches, but um, they have shown that, you know, sometimes they can just, it's one, it's nothing wrong with asking for help. There's nothing wrong with uh, leaning on your brother, but so, at some point you start to see like uh, when a person is trying to take advantage, right? So, um, my philosophy is, you know, long spoon, you know what I mean? Feed them with the long spoon. Like we can still uh, be cordial, have a conversation. Um, like, you know, I have a friend, like if you got a problem, you can call me, we could talk about it. I pray with you, um, but I ain't kicking out no bread. Like my, my, my days are like kicking out finances is done. Like I done, I done did all I can do, you know what I mean? Um, I can try to help you navigate how you can best go about your situation, but um, being, I can't be a financial burden, you know what I mean? Or, or you know, a financial crutch to whatever your situation is. So um, just feed them with the long spoon. You know, I think that we can want people to do better all we want, but until they want to do better for themselves, they're going to be right where they at. They got to want it. They got to want it. Anybody else want to add to what Tremaine asked? Yeah, I want to piggyback off of Gary's last statement because I agree with that. Um, there's a phrase that I heard one time that was really helpful to me. Um, reconciliation doesn't always mean reconnection. Um, so if we put it into context, so let's say the context is this person actually is a leech and by definition, they are draining from me, but I still want to see them do better. Um, I can reconcile with the, I can recognize who this person is to me. This is somebody who drains me. But I think sometimes self-care is learning how to love somebody from a distance. I can want the best for you all I want, but I can learn to want the best for me for you from a distance. I can pray for you without laying my hands on you, right? Like I can pray yeah. for you from a distance. I can point you in the right direction and send you and can still send you on your way without giving you the space to take from me as I still desire for you to want more and better. Um, for yourself. So I think sometimes we have to protect ourselves uh, because some of us, we have this savior complex to where it's like, oh no, I have to be connected and I have to come alongside this person in order for this person to do well in life. You can want well for someone 
without you being the person that pushes them to whatever their destiny or whatever their trajectory is. If they are truly a leech by definition and they are draining from you, um, then you have to disconnect and send them on their way with the best of wishes, with the best of prayers, um, but not allowing yourself to be drained as they pursue whatever it is that they're in pursuit of. Mm-hmm. That's good, Hakeem. Standard lifeguard adage. Don't let the person you are trying to save pull you down. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with My that. guy. I think that's <laughs> I think the key, the key thing you said too there was recognizing that someone's truly a leech by definition too. So not oh, this person hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. So, it's, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's got to be something that's like, no, they're legitimately at least they're draining from my life. Not they made me upset or this didn't go the way I wanted to go or, because things happen, you know? Yeah. But we just want to make, you just got to really identify, like you said, recognizing the difference between what's what and then how do you move forward accordingly. But Absolutely. I agree. So before we move on to the next question, I want to take a moment to tell you guys to invite and share people to the stream. Well, I've been on it. I've been oh, yeah. and share it on your Facebook. If you're on YouTube, you might not be able to share right now, but when it's over, go ahead and send the link to somebody so they can uh, catch the replay and catch all this good knowledge that our gentlemen here are sharing with us. Let's go to our next meme. She a little difficult, but she a good one. Mm. <laughs> she a little difficult, but she a good one. Is it y'all, ain't it? ever worth putting up with? And under what circumstances? Everybody got something with them. Yeah. It's all about what you to tolerate. You know, what works for you. You know, your difficulty, I can probably, I can manage that. I can roll with the punches, but, you know, the next person that, that might not work for me. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and difficult doesn't always mean destructive. Um, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like last year, I went on a journey to like start going to the gym, start working out, and it was difficult. But it, even though it was difficult, it was still for my betterment, right? So I have found in my experience sometimes dealing with somebody who may be difficult they might be difficult because they're challenging you in the areas where you actually may be weakened or they see greater so they feel like i have to push you in this area to get you from mediocrity to something that's a little bit better so i think we just have to put into context what that level of difficult is if they're difficult because they're challenging you and pushing you for greater then i can deal with that but if they're difficult because and it's destructive to what it is that I have going on in my life, then no, I won't deal with that. But if it's difficult because you push me, then I I welcome that level of difficulty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can I retweet that? And <laughs> I, yeah, I all of that. It depends on what it is. If, if the difficulty is there and it's iron sharpens iron, you know, the clash of the titans is it, beautiful, in my opinion. But if it's making me worse. What do y'all think in the comments? Let us know, put it in the comments. We wanna know what your thoughts are too. Well, Tremaine Stone Shade. Can everybody see these comments? I hope not. Yeah, I'm putting them on the screen so they can see it as long as it's up. <laughs> I like it, Tremaine. Thank you for engaging with us tonight. Let's go to our next meme. Good men actually exist. Mm-hmm. Yours is not the woman you think you are. Ouch. Jesus, Devontae Christ. Ouch. <laughs> That hurt my feelings, and they weren't even talking to me. They, they <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, now this isn't even like a um, subjective one. This is, this is pretty. This is 
obviously the world good men exist, right? We can all agree on that. Right, right, right. But good men exist, good women exist, good people exist. Right. So you're either looking in the wrong place, or maybe it is like the meme says, maybe you're not. We all need to work on ourselves. I I, I recently um started going to therapy. Well, not really see at this point. Um, it's been like almost two months in. How that mean? But um, it was like a, a shame thing in the beginning, and now I'm just like, oh, whatever. Um, but I think we all have work to do on ourselves, and every even if you don't have like daily troubles or daily issues, so you feel like, oh no, I'm good. I don't need that. You'd be surprised how many people don't have any issues at all, quote unquote, um, to the naked eye. But if they go to therapy, they still learn like um, self harming practices or toxic positivity that they were doing. Like you'll you'll find ways that you can develop yourself and grow regardless of where you are in life. We can always be better. So it's not to say you're not the one you think you are is that like you're a bad person or a terrible person, but we all have growth inside of us. We all have we can all keep going and achieving to the next level and keep evolving until our last day. You know, just absolutely. absolutely. I'm I'm gonna just say like you know all right, good men exist. Uh, it, it may just be like you're not the woman for me. You know what I mean? I can remember when I was a single man uh, dating different women. Um, not to be cocky, but you know, women would almost like kind of like present themselves like, you know, I got this going on, I got that going on, you know, um, and all of that is fine and dandy, but it may be certain aspects about you that I can't see myself going the distance with you. Now, hanging out with you is good. Like we have, we have a good vibe, you know, conversation is good. You know, we might go out on a town and everything's cool, but going the distance with you, there's something that is apparent to me that this just won't, this won't cut it. You know what I mean? So it's not that you're not a good woman and it's not that I'm not a good man. It's just not, you're not the right fit for me. And I think uh, like more people need to be honest with that conversation because like, you know, like, a woman knows if she wants a dude very fairly quickly. You know if you want to go on another date with him. You know, like if you're attracted to him. Same thing for a man. So, um, you know, I, I would say for men, especially like older now, like 30s, after six months, and this is just me. After six months, you know if you can go the distance with this shorty or not. Mm -hmm. Like if if you want to continue to go like the distance. You know what I mean? Um, because you've had the time to have certain conversations. And, and so, like I said, like, I, the one thing I, I appreciate about, you know, my spouse is during our courting phase, we had a lot of tough conversations, right? A lot of people don't like talking about credit, finances, you know, different things like that, like tough conversations. We had a lot of that conversation in the beginning. And so it, it allowed me to have more depth in, in like, insight to like what her mindset is like what her goals are what what the family dynamic could look like what are we going to look like 10 years down the line financially um i think that sometimes you, you just might not be the right fit for me that's good yeah i would say just to piggyback off of that looking at the question if women are not finding good men doesn't really mean they aren't that great of a person either i don't I don't think that lack of compatibility always means lack of character. I think that we have to do away with the narrative that the two good people, a good man and a good woman, they could date and they could simply not work out because they're not compatible. 
and I think the the surrounding narratives when relationships, imaginationships, or situationships don't work out is that there was there was a hero and there was a villain. And that's not necessarily always the case to where there was a good guy and a bad guy. There could be times where two good people come together and in their context of life, they have great character, but they're not compatible because maybe one wants children, the other one doesn't want children. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe there was some non-negotiables that was discovered along the way in the courting phase when they were asking those tough questions. And it was like, hey, this is actually a non-negotiable for me. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're a bad person just because you possess a non-negotiable. And it doesn't mean that I'm a bad person just because I may possess a non-negotiable. But I or the other person may see something to where they go, hmm, you're a great person, but long term, I could not see myself dealing with so because of that, this is not going to work. So I think that our generation just has this narrative that if something doesn't work out, one person was toxic, the other person wasn't. One person was bad, the other person was good and did no wrong. And sometimes that's just really not the case. So I kind of, it, it kind of sucks that that is the narrative, but I think there needs to be more conversation around, hey, this didn't work out. And that person is a great person. Great person. I, you know what I'm saying? Like that person's going to be <clears throat> women that I've dated and I speak highly of them and I'll go, they're going to be a great wife. And my friends are yes. going, why did you marry her? She's yes. going to be a great wife to somebody else. Yeah. But as far as what I was looking for, there were some things mean. that we did not align on. So yeah. we had ways. And I'm sure there could be women who feel the same about me. Like, oh, I'm going to be a great husband to somebody one day. But for me, he just wasn't it because of X, Y, and Z. So absolutely, good women and good men, I believe, are meeting and dating. But sometimes it just doesn't work out because you're not compatible. And that is okay. I like that. It's not enough to just be a good person. We got to be compatible. Mm -hmm. I agree. Absolutely. And for you know the women that do say that good men don't exist, I like to challenge you to alter your thinking. Um, I think that if you start to believe that good guys are out there and you believe that you deserve love, then you can have that. You know, you it's you attract men that meet your expectations but if you come from a perspective saying that they they're not out there they don't exist that's what you're going to need you know <laughs> you are what you think and can yeah. i can i say one last thing oh go ahead, go yeah. ahead. i was going to say good good does not make you desirable and i think that there is this level of entitlement that when you're a good person like if you're a good person you have good morals you got a good paying job yada 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 there's almost this entitlement like i'm good so i deserve da 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 or why wouldn't you want me? Mm -hmm. Just That's because good. you're good doesn't mean that I'm forced to desire you. Not That's good. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. I agree. I was. You said something about um, changing your, the way you think. So that reminded me. Um, I was talking about this the other day too. But what you feed grows, type of thing. So if if you if you're going into a situation like, yeah, man, we ain't compatible. This ain't gonna work out. Then every little thing that person does is gonna make you feel like, yo, this is not it. Like we're not compatible. Yeah. Oh, I just saw the sign. Yeah. All right. Cool. And, and, and then um, something happens, but it's like, all right, well, let's talk about it and let's see if this is something where we can, you know, work on, grow and change or if this is like who they are and it's not ever going to change. Because if it's something innate within them and they, they don't have the desire to change, I do believe you can't change people. Right. So then maybe you're not compatible. But if it's something to where y'all actually have a conversation, not you drop a couple of hints here or there or whatever, but y'all had a conversation and you understood each other and the person is like, all right. Let me do X, Y, and Z. And if I can't figure it out on my own, let me go here to figure out this, that, and the third. And change happens. You know what I mean? So I think like in, it goes back to the whole cancer culture thing. But like 
what you feed grows. So it, it's all in like, I feel like that communication, which is easier said than done. Cause I used to think I was, well, I know I was terrible at communicating according to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Then I thought I was really good at it like maybe a couple of years ago, but I'm just learning now within the last couple of months that I still suck. Um, and now, cause before when I was communicating, it was to get my point across rather than to hear and, and understand and yeah. then be understood. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know, everything's, everything I think is layered, but compatibility is definitely important, but I feel like there should be communication to figure out, is this a thing that you can't change or is this a thing where we just need to talk about it and, and, and tweak and grow from there? Absolutely. Y'all ready for the next one? I like. I just wanted to point out real quick, I like what Chastity said, like a wife is a reflection yeah. of her husband. That was good. That was good. Can you comment on that? Um, yeah, so like, I think I, I don't really want to comment on it. I just say, um, for men who are who feel as though like they're ready for marriage, I would say make sure you spend that time doing the work and understanding what, like, what it answer that question what is your idea of a husband? What does it mean to you to be a husband? Um, and you want to know what that is clearly before you even, uh, Put yourself in the posture yourself to 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 experience something that you you've never done before. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I like I've been a father. I'm a father, right? Been a father for 11 years now. Um, but being a husband is a, a whole nother. That's that's a different entity of being a man, right? Uh, I would encourage people to get around other positive married men that you may. Uh, revere, look up to, whatever the case may be. Um, and, and so whatever your belief system is, whether, you, you know, whether it's the Holy Bible or, you know, like my man said, the universe, figure out what does that mean to be a husband so you know what you're reflecting, like what you're, what, what you're putting out for the person that's going to be your spouse. Amen. I think that's deep. I know for me, um, I think that's hard to do if you don't have a lot of examples. Like you're, you're making it up in your mind, you're trying to create a player, but what tangible, so I don't know that I have a lot of, well, I know that I don't necessarily have a lot of examples of married men that I would wanna, and, and I know people that, like my brother's married, right? And I'm sure he's a great husband, but I don't I don't live there, I don't know. I don't know what that relationship is like, you know? Um, I know he's a provider just cause he's been my big brother and he always got my back, so. But as far as like relationship wise, I don't live in their house. I have no idea like what that relationship really looks like. Yeah. So it's not a slight to the people that I know that are married. I'm just not around them. Even my parents, yeah. um, they're married. When I was younger, all I knew was, you know, um, mommy loved me and, and daddy loved me. And my pops would go to my sporting events. And my moms would encourage me from afar sometimes because she just didn't like violence and things of the sort. But as far as their relationship, I didn't get to, especially when I was younger, I didn't, I didn't get to observe what that looked like, a healthy marriage. I didn't. There were things I was either oblivious to or... You know, older generation too. They so they're kind of like, oh, love makes everything work, and I don't even know how healthy that truly is in 2021 and moving forward. Yeah, but I didn't see their relationship through the lens that I would see it through now if I was present in the house now. So I, yeah. I don't have anything to look at other than social media and TV. Like I don't, I, I'm still trying to figure out what healthy relationships look like myself. Yeah, so, I don't know. It's tough. Omar, did you want to add anything to that before we move on? No, I really think they they touched on it. Okay. All right. I just want to be sure, you know, I don't leave nobody out. <laughs> I, I talk a lot, so I want to make sure I'm also giving the fellas opportunities to 
to do that thing. Here's our next meme. This is actually our last meme, and then you know we'll ask some additional questions. These men be dudes too. When somebody really loved them. Y'all be damaged out here. I was so damaged for some Sometimes damaged past relationships, making it hard for them to receive love. That's the question. And we want y'all to answer. I remember I thought I had healed once and I didn't. Um, but I was so hurt when I was younger, probably like my 20, early 20s, like 21. I don't know. I went through this phase where I just felt like all of you wonderful young ladies were not young, wonderful young ladies, right? <laughs> so what I was not going to do was give anybody the the title of girlfriend and allow you to like play me in any capacity because you're not my girlfriend. So whatever you do at the end of the day, it's ultimately up to you and you don't matter to me. So like to the point where I've talked to somebody for like three years, like, no title, like, oh, we're just talking. And she's like, well, when are we going to blah, blah? I don't know. I mean, you can go if you want or we can say something. Like, I, I don't know. I was a little like, I guess ruthless, heartless, but I was, I was cause I was hurt and I, I was not about to give anybody else a chance to do that again. You know what I mean? And then I went from never having a girlfriend to meeting somebody and then becoming my girlfriend in like three months. So then obviously everybody I talked to before thought I was a liar and I've been dealing with her, but it was like, I just had to change her heart and she, she, she was just a little different. Um, I kind of fumbled that ball and some other things happened, but the point is I thought I had healed at that point. And it wasn't until this year where I realized that I'm still holding on to like a lot of traumas. And even when I'm thinking I'm like committed to something else, there's still like things in my past that are like under there that are, are stopping me from truly being my best self. Um, so yeah, everybody be trying. Well, I know men be trying, but everybody be trying. So, Brady, I'm trying not to laugh, but she said three years. <laughs> hey. I didn't hold that comment too. I, I didn't hold her hostage. It wasn't no call. <laughs> I don't agree. She went to stay. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't be able to do that, Brady. I mean, it depends on everything else is good. (laughs) (laughs) Giselle says, not just past relationships, they could be damaged from family experiences or friendships that they haven't taken time to work through. Absolutely. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Any Um, kind of, not just romantic relationships. For sure. So I say, man, um, you know, back in the day when I was still out in the field, I would say a a lot of situationships came from being damaged from a previous relationship, right? And me being in a space where like, you know, I done met somebody, but I'm really not in a space where like, you know, I really want a girlfriend, I really want something serious. So, you know, that's how these situations, these situationships form. Cause it's like, I really don't want too much, right? So you let that be known in the beginning. And next thing you know, this situationship has been three years. And now she's like, well, look, I done stuck I done stuck around long enough. Is you over that? So what like what's up now? Like what what's what's up with me? You know what I mean? Like I've I've shown myself battle tested and proven I was with you when you was growing through your hurt. You know, I done loved you through your hurt. So now it's me. And it's like, but we didn't meet, I didn't meet you with that intention in mind. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that sometimes women almost setting themselves up, like how you how you how you start a relationship matters. Mm-hmm. That's good. For sure, definitely learning to be more intentional in the future. Like for sure, everything I do has to be done in love and with intent. Yeah. 
Ready, don't waste nobody else's time, okay? Thank you. <laughs> I didn't waste her time. I told her she could go. She didn't want to go. That's and see, see, that's what y'all be doing. Y'all, well, I told her she can go. I hate that so much. I'm saying. Was, also, listen, listen, listen to, though, right? Go ahead, Omar. Um, I can. I, I definitely think that uh, sometimes you can be damaged from a past relationship and it makes it hard to receive love. Um, I do think that that comes with healing and maturity. Um, I can definitely acknowledge in my younger 20s, I went through a heartbreak that led to a whole phase because I, I hardened my heart and I was not going to allow the vulnerability that I had put into one relationship that did not warrant the results that I wanted. I felt like I had wasted time, emotions and resources, and I did not want to experience that again because I didn't like the way that that level of vulnerability not yielding the results that I wanted. I didn't like the way that that failure made me feel. Um, so it kind of hardened me. And then the very next person that I was like in a very public relationship with, I mean, claiming her publicly, like she was on my Instagram timeline, like beyond the story, like she's getting posted on the timeline. I was not able to see her for who she was. I was not able to receive um, the fact that she really cared for me because my mind was still on the past trauma that I had just dealt with right so and i didn't give myself any time to heal it was literally like that situation came to an end and then a, a month later i'm in a brand new situation and i could not see her for what it was and then i you know i'm sure y'all heard this statement before hurt people hurt people mm -hmm. uh, so then it turned into me hurting her in a way that i never intended to hurt her and i can take accountability and responsibility for it now but in and at the time i didn't even want to take accountability for it because it was just like you like you knew what it was when you signed up um, so I definitely think that it is super important to make sure that you don't carry triggers or trauma from previous um, situations into what you're dealing with. I think you got to be transparent about what you've gone through, but then you have to do the work to make sure that um, you didn't put a Band-Aid on something that needed surgery. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was good. Put a Band-Aid on something that needs surgery. Yeah. Anybody have anything else they want to add to this question before we move on? Yeah, good. All hearts and minds. Clear. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I want us to shift gears just for a moment, and I want us to talk red flags. You know, a lot of the time we can times we can prevent a bad relationship from you know happening if we just pay attention to those red flags. Should you stop the dating process after the first red flag or should you wait it out and see if multiple red flags occur? When do you move on? When do you let it go? Uh, I think that's a load. I think that's a situational question. Situation, um, yeah. And the reason why I say situational because you can see a red flag that's not a non-negotiable, right? You mm -hmm. can see a red flag that's like, hey, this is a flag but this is something that could be, I don't want to say managed. This is something that could be handled through conversation um, right. to where we can work through this. Like it's a red flag. I don't like it. But if we work through this with honesty and I don't like the way this makes me feel or, hey, I saw this and, you know, let's kind of talk about where did that come from? Yeah. But if it's if it is a red flag, that is a non-negotiable. Uh, the great poet Maya Angelou said, when somebody shows you who they are the first time, believe them. Um, so I think if it's if it's if it's something that can be fixed or worked through, I wouldn't suggest as soon as you see a red flag, just leave. I mean, because I think maybe even in marriage, you might see like red flag, like, ooh, in the dating, I didn't see. And I'm not married. I'm just but I would assume that 
you might see something month one in your marriage. Like I ain't see that in all of the time that we were dating, but you can't just throw the whole relationship away because you see a red flag. But in the dating phase, if it is a non-negotiable, don't date for the potential of, because potential is not always lived up to. So I hope I'm not rambling. I hope my my no. No, nah, you're talking good. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm always said red flags are manageable. <laughs> <laughs> but red flags. <laughs> so you know what? That's honestly. So I was gonna say something like that. Um, they said it way better. But I think a lot of times we get colorblind. Boom, there it is, yellow flag. We get colorblind, and we see a flag, and we assume that it's red because we don't like it. And it's like no, it's definitely an issue for sure. Yeah. But you don't. It, for me, it doesn't turn into a red flag until you have that conversation and. Again, like legit conversation, meaning that both parties understood each other, not, you know, the, the hint dropping type of thing, because everybody doesn't necessarily pick up on that type of thing. Um, but you have the conversation and the other person refuses to either change or work towards doing something. Um, for me, if the change is occurring, the conversation is had, then it's not a red flag. It, it, it was a yellow flag maybe at best, but now it doesn't exist at all. But if you have that conversation and nothing changes, they don't even make this attempt. Like they're like, all right, cool, whatever that's when I feel like it becomes this non-negotiable red flag thing. It's like, all right, well, I told you, you acknowledged, didn't care. You know what I mean? And then, um, ah, I was about to say, so not even just the, I think a lot of times people, so you gotta remember, they say birds of a feather flock together type of thing. Um, depending on the person that you're with, if you guys grew up together or whatever, then you guys probably, you know, have a lot of the same thoughts, um, ideologies, like you, you might be a little similar in a lot of ways. But if you're meeting somebody, if y'all met at Hampton or if y'all didn't meet at Hampton, y'all met at a, a bar or whatever the case may be, two different worlds. Now you're bringing your upbringing from your childhood and your culture and whatever you picked up in the last five years being an adult to someone else that's from a completely different area, with a completely different upbringing, completely different set of traumas. So their norms are not your norms. So what they see as red flags and, whoa, well, this should be obvious. You should know X, Y, and Z. It might not be obvious to the other person because y'all y'all don't have the same social norms. I don't have same norms at all. So we have to, like you said, have that conversation and talk about it and decide, is this a red flag or is this something that bothers me? It's a flag for sure, but we can fix it and move on. Absolutely. I think we all agree about talking about it and trying to fix it. After that, if we, if it ain't fixing. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. If y'all put it on the table and then <laughs> ain't, I wanna ain't nobody to moving towards no growth. And I want to add on to that because I think Brady hit on a great point, especially talking about that communication piece. I used to be a huge stickler for saying that communication is key. And I have now transitioned from it's not necessarily that communication is key. Comprehension is is key mm -hmm. because I think there there is a elementary principle that we have gotten away from as adults. I've oh, seen this yeah. With oh, teachers and children um, to where a teacher will explain something to a child, a child nods their head like they understand. And then the adult will go, OK, repeat back to me what I just mm -hmm. said, because it's one thing for you to just hear the words coming out of my mouth. It's another thing for you to be able to comprehend and explain and mm -hmm. for us to have agreeance that, OK, I heard what you said, but I also understood what you said, because uh, it's like the telephone game. I might say something to somebody and then I whisper it. And by the time it gets back to me, it's like, that's not what I said at all. Mm -hmm. So I think in the communication thing, what can take a yellow flag and turn it into a red flag is when there's a conversation about what went wrong, but there wasn't comprehension. Mm 
So mm -hmm. one party is thinking, well, we talked about this, so we should be on the same page. And then when it happens again, it's like, I thought we talked about this. It's like we communicated about it, but there was no level of understanding yeah. when that conversation ended. Mm -hmm. I agree. Nail on the head. Amazing. So I, I got another question for y'all. What are your red flags? What would you consider to be a red flag for you? Domestic violence. Don't put me in no situations where I'm not Huh? Yep, they be putting pause on y'all. I'm cool on all that. And probably because no, I, I lived a little, like you said, in his younger life, he had some situations. Um, I was a, I, I've had a couple of interactions with people that, uh, I don't know, I didn't really have a type. So sometimes I might end up with the type that felt like they had an argument they could, you know, throw hands or whatever. And here I'm like, you got going on like i don't know because a man hit, hit somebody back now i'm the bad guy i'm going to jail and this that and the right. third so the other option is just to get beat up now nah, i'm not about to do this forever you got to go <laughs> yeah for me my red flags definitely don't want no women beating on me i have like spiritual red flags for those like again like i'm a i'm a i'm a very liberal pastor but it's like at the end of the day it's just like you know i'm i'm in ministry so there are certain things on a foundational level. One of the things that I appreciated about my mom and dad's relationship is that what my mom and dad believed the same things. So it wasn't a thing of my mom telling me one thing and then my dad going, well, your mother believes this, but I believe that. And I guess maybe because I was raised in a household to where what mommy believed, daddy believed. I just have a desire to, when I raise a family, I would love for me and my wife to be on the same page foundationally about the things that we believe and we are. And because I, I don't have any children, but I want to have children one day. I want to, I want to have a family, but I want to have a family to where we are, you know, one band, one sound. Like this household, this is what we believe. Um, so as as liberal as I am, that is, you know, there are certain flags where somebody might say something is like. Mm. That's not my ideology concerning life, and I don't want us raising children and instilling that ideology. So, for me, my red flags typically are rooted in ideologies and mentalities and morals. Yeah, I can dig that. Unkindness. Can we add that to the list? Someone that is not kind is like, I'm genuinely not attracted to you. I hate jerks. Hate is such a strong word, but yeah, I dislike jerks for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like not to say to me, but like people in general, people you don't know. Like if I see you, like just being me for no reason. Right, I ain't it. Gary. So a uh, a red flag for me is uh, just disrespect. Mm -hmm. Disrespect. Uh, so like the the Bible talks about you know wives respect your husband. And husband love your wives, and I think that like it was written with it being known like men need to be respected they need to feel respected women need to feel love and um i've been in relationships where you know women y'all know like y'all can cut with y'all words right you know what i mean so you get you get to talk and slick out your mouth and now i don't i feel a way you know and, and it's creating a level of tension and toxicity you know what i mean like if, if we we can disagree without being disrespectful to one another and belittling one another so uh yeah like disrespect <laughs> um do disrespect so now you know we, we've identified our red flags um 
when we identify these red flags, we know we got to leave. But for some reason, people always come back. We be circling back. What causes a person to be into people that they know are not good for them in a relationship space? See, you know, how, yeah, I was about to say, how real are we being on this panel? Let's be, we being real. Yeah, I, yeah, people stay in bad relationships for good sex. I know that you're not good for me, but you make me feel good. Um, and I think that once people are able to separate how somebody makes them feel physically for how they make them feel emotionally, spiritually, mentally, mm -hmm. the better off they'll be. But sometimes there is a connection between the heart and other areas. And when you learn to differentiate what you do for me in one space, um, but you're not healthy for me in another space. Because um, I'm, I'm not going to take on the mindset that everybody who's tuned into the live stream is, you know, celibate or anything of that nature. So in a very transparent conversation, you have to differentiate how somebody makes you feel in one space if they don't make you feel that tongue is sharp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we. <laughs> I got some interesting else want to add on y'all? Let me put the question back up there for y'all. Um, okay. What causes the person? Yes. I, I agree. I think a lot of it is sex, honestly. Um, and for those that may be celibate, whatever if you can't picture yourself long term or if you if you not if you have hesitations or you know doubts because you're always gonna have those doubts, I feel like until you make that jump and then even after you make the jump, you're still gonna be like, ah. But if there's something to where it's like you know in your heart that you would never in a million years be with that person, then that's probably somebody you shouldn't be with. That's probably just somebody you're with because you're craving them in the moment. Like if you don't want to say, Hmm, I could see you married, you know, to me 10 years down the line. If you've never said that one time, if you've never had a thought about marrying that person, you don't want to be with that person. If you had it and it went away, then maybe, you know, there's some conversations that need to be had. But if you've never had it at all, you know, you don't want to be with that person. And, you know, I think that you know, when you're an unhealthy version of yourself, you're always attaching your self to bodies, to people that you're not, that you know you're not supposed to be with. So, number one, I think... You, Get yourself into a healthy place, and then maybe you'll get to a point where you're sick and tired of the same experiences, and you'll try to do better and choose a, a different type of person. Yeah, um, I want to add on to that too, and because I, I don't want to tie everything just to sex, it's two F words that I want to use: familiar and foreign. I think that sometimes people stick, uh, stay in situations that are not good for them because it's familiar to them. Mm -hmm. So let's go back to it. Let's go back to somebody's childhood because, you know, studies show that what people do in their adulthood is the effects of what take, has taken place in their childhood. So if dysfunction was all you know, knew growing up and then you get into a relationship as an adult that is dysfunctional, that's familiar to you. So because it's familiar to you, you stay in a space that's familiar, even though it's unhealthy, even though it's abusive, um, it might be manipulative. If it's what's familiar to you, you might wrap yourself around what is familiar to you, which is why you might see people, a healthy relationship, a healthy form of love might be foreign to some people, which is why some people sometimes self-sabotage what is good for them because like this is good for me, but this is not familiar. 
and mm -hmm. I'm I'm waiting for the mask to come off, and because I don't recognize this is not a mask, this is just who this person is. So I push them away because it's like I'm waiting for the ball to drop, and it never does. So now I'm living with this anxiety of when is this person going to flip on me? So I don't want to attach everything to sex. I do want to go a level deeper and deal with that mental thing of you That's have got to divorce yourself from the dysfunction of your past if that That's is. Good what your resolve is and learn to accept something that is new or else you will find yourself in cycles. The dysfunction will just wear different faces. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, want, um, I got That's 20 seconds to add on the back of what he said because that was, that was, I, it was lit. It was it that I feel like when people, um, they say the, the healthy relationship after the toxic relationship is the hardest. Um, because you have the situation, like you said, when you're used to dysfunction, and now that's all you know. When you finally do get with somebody that is healthy for you, you know, the minute, like we said, we confuse red flags, we all flags. The minute something's off, it's like, oh, I don't know about blah, blah, but it's like, are you just not, are, are you expecting, you're waiting to see like this terribleness because you're used to terribleness? I know it's not really worth Anyway, um, or are you, is your anxiety flaring and, and you just feel like this is what it should be? So you're just waiting to see it really show but what if it's not going to because this is your healthy moment you know what i mean and the, again the healthy relationship after the toxic one is the hardest because you're going into it expecting different things to happen and when they don't happen you're now waiting and you're on edge it's like the climax of a scary movie you're just like all right when's he gonna jump out and maybe it never happens maybe it's not a horror movie maybe it's a comedy maybe it's a fairy tale you know what i mean but i guess i think that some people um believe that they deserve like that Karma. dysfunctional relationship like and that's that goes into a, a, a state of mind so like like you said if, it, if that's something that you grew up witnessing or that is what you've experienced in past relationships you you, you begin to develop a, 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 a like you're insensitive to it you know what i mean and then so when like you said when that good relationship does come and it's foreign to you um it's like this this don't this don't sit well with me this don't match me um i think that this that that has a lot to do with like you know people who stay in abusive relationships you know like it's a mindset like that this is this is what i deserve you know what i mean and um i love the way that omar phrased that like you got to divorce yourself from that thinking you know what i mean that it's okay to to be in you know those manipulative relationships those toxic feel relationships absolutely y'all gotta drop these gems that was our last question um, but i have one more my phone been going off over here um the people want to know if y'all single well, we don't get married okay and look i'm friends with the wife and her friends fight i'm friends right. <laughs> Are y'all single, Omar and Brady? I filed my taxes as single. <laughs> ah, yes, Lord, you single till you married. <laughs> I, am not, I am not yet married, but I cannot wait to get married. Okay, okay, so y'all are. <laughs> Chad says somebody married Omar. <laughs> so, <laughs> No, I'm not single, but I, I, I am talking to somebody. I'm not single, but I will. I don't want to be disrespectful to the person that I'm currently talking to, but um, I'm not in a relationship, but I, I am currently. Somebody has my attention right now. Right. Somebody definitely has my attention, for sure. A thousand percent. 
All right, all right. I don't know how much that matters, though. Two people. <laughs> saying, I'm saying, you know what I mean? I feel like I tend on my on my journey to healing and and and, and um, self growth. I feel like I've I've fumbled and mishandled, you know, gifts that God has given me. Um, to where maybe the the interest was mutual at one point. It, it's not now. So when I say I don't know how much it matters, it's not that oh whatever whatever. It's that I don't know that it's on both ends. That's all I meant by that. Okay. Real quick, before we dip, um, I, there is one thing that I wanted to add to that last question. Um, I would encourage, you know, to my faith-believing women, you meet a faith-believing man, uh, I would encourage you to feed him spiritually. And and I say that because, you know, the, the in Galatians, the word talks about, you know, the world or the, or the flesh and the spirit. And and I can speak for myself in those time in those relationships where I was serving my flesh, my spirit was dying, and I know what that felt like. And the moment that I got into a relationship where the woman that I was intentionally seeking out was feeding me spiritually, it was something that I never experienced before. So I was not really like you. You, you can only be on one end. It's either light or dark, right? Either light is on or is off. You either feeding the flesh or you feeding the spirit. And I would I would encourage people to do more of uh, there there are different levels of intimacy. So I encourage all of those people who are seeking relationship and you're talking to somebody, learn different levels of intimacy outside of physical intimacy. And and that will help you to really know like to really connect with people on a on a on a different level. Cause it's it's I think sometimes we do it's just, you know, as human beings, we get caught up in Oh man, that person is attractive, or this and that. Um, feed the spirit more than you feed the flesh. That's real. Anything else you guys like to add before we close out for the night? Follow me on Instagram at I am Focus. Yes, come on. Put, can y'all change your names? Y'all change it to your IG um, names. How do you do that? Well, <laughs> I don't even know. I be done messing around and logged out on accident. Right. <laughs> look, look, I done left the jump. Yeah. Oh, wait, I found it. Follow them. Okay, edit. Hey, okay, there we go. Yeah. I don't even know my shows. They don't show my. All name. good people, great people. Let me um take my little ticker off so you can see. There we go. All right. For you, is it too late? It's time up. Follow me on Instagram. I mean, y'all probably already got my Instagram, but you know. Sincerely, Zaynab. YouTube channel. Um, I'm single too. Y'all ain't asked me, but I'm single. No, I got hey. questions. I'm single, yeah. but I'm in a relationship with freedom. With freedom. All right, Gary. Amen. Okay. Y'all will see that in a tweet before the night is over with. <laughs> yeah. It's already on my Instagram. But you can borrow it. You can have it. Yeah. Yeah, let, let me borrow it just for the day. Yeah. <laughs> Brady, what's your question? I was going to not ask. All right. So you talked about earlier, you said something about, um, actually, I don't even want to try to misquote you. Yeah. There's something earlier that gave me a thought. So we talked about when to walk away from red flags and this, that, and the third. But then we also talked about some things not being red flags and them being 
yellow, flag, whatever flag you want to call it. Maybe it's something where you can sit down and have a communication, which we also learned from Omar. It's not just about communication, but the comprehension. That's key, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so at what point, if you haven't either had that conversation or that communication or that comprehension, if that hasn't happened, or if it has happened and now there's work happening and, and, and growth happening, um, but maybe both sides aren't you know, seeing eye. At what point do you say, you know what, I'm doing the work um, and now I need to just go be great and I'll attract greatness to me because the person that I was interested in is not interested in me. At what point do you say, I'm gonna just keep growing, but I'm not gonna keep pursuing someone that doesn't wanna be pursued? I think if it's not working, it's not working. We shouldn't try to force anything. What? What's the purpose? You're gonna force it and then you're gonna be in an unhappy relationship. And I think when you end it, when you're supposed to end it, you might be able to salvage a friendship still. But we we like to stay in stuff that we're not supposed to be in. And then we end up being enemies with this person that you could have still remained a friendship with. So I think it's just important to let go when it's time to let go and don't force it. You answered the question with the question. What is that time? What is that point? As soon as you know it ain't working, if somebody's not interested in you, that's when. When they voice that, I'm not interested. This is no longer what I want. There's nothing else to talk about. We're not back nobody. (laughs) Yeah, I think the I learned a very valuable lesson in trying to put together this uh, desk from IKEA. Um, There was a particular screw that I needed and I didn't have it. So I took a screw that didn't fit and I tried to force it and I ended up breaking something because I tried to force something Mm -hmm. that didn't fit. I think the moment that you recognize that something is not a perfect fit, that's the moment you recognize if I try to force this, something is going to end up broken. That might be my feelings. That might be this relationship. But avoid breaking something and recognize this isn't the screw for me lack of better words and i need to go find the piece that is a natural fit versus me trying to force something that i can physically see this does not fit so i like what chastity just said here too she said folk be rejecting the gift because of how it's wrapped that's it should mm. dropping bars chas because I want to say I'm like 80, I 80% agree with that. And then I 20% don't. And here's why. When I was younger, I used to give this illustration. And I literally just thought about this. I used to say, if I gave you a steak and some mashed potatoes on um, on some fine china, it's, it's steak and potatoes. If I gave you that on a trash can lid, it's still steak and potatoes. It's just the presentation is different. However, comma, that trash can lid might not be sanitary. So I'm offering you something that's good, but because of what's surrounding it, it still might not be digestible to me based upon how you presented it. So I hope that illustration made sense. I think that presentation sometimes is important because nobody wants a gift that's going to be that's going to be presented in a janky way all the time, no matter how great the gift is. So though I I understand that sentiment that sometimes we may reject the gift because of how it's wrapped, but what if that person is presenting, hey, listen, I'm always gonna be wrapped like this. Then you gotta take a step back and say, I mean, the gift is great, but the presentation is always gonna be this terrible. I don't necessarily know if I wanna be side by side with something that's presented janky all the time. So again, hope I'm not rambling. I see the sentiments in that statement but I feel like the older I have gotten, the more I've been like, I don't know if I fully 
mm-hmm. agree with that. And that could be situational. But then, you know, at least I don't want something that's presented well too, but then the contents are trash. You know, so come on. The rapping look good. Now you gotta wait out. Them looks ain't gonna matter. Can we we rewrap the gift? I would say so. I think that's the too you can go. You know, you learn when you used to present gifts in like when I was um I give really good gifts, I think. Because that's one of the ways I show love. And I know everybody doesn't like that type of thing, especially if it's like someone's breaded and they give big gifts and it's like, all right, that means nothing because you bred it. But because I'm not breaded yet, if I give you something, just know that it, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it, it's, you know what I mean? Anyway, so Christmas time and stuff, I would give like really like great gifts, but I would wrap them in like plastic bags or like um, <laughs> uh, grocery store bags or a trash bag, big black trash bag, you know? Because for me, it was like, it was, was in the gift, like I know I didn't, you know, take the time to try to figure out how to, you know what I mean? But it's the gift. And then um, I dated someone that was more so into rapping and presentation. I know it's a very little example, but um, most recently I dated someone that was very into presentation of gifts and they were like, they trashed the way that I presented things. I was like, yo, that's not how you give somebody something. But I'm like, yo, did you see what it was? Like, yeah, but that's not how you give somebody something. So I went from these black trash bags to, even if I don't have time to wrap it, because that's a little more difficult for me, um, I'm gonna get a gift bag and I'm gonna, I, I learned how to fold the paper mache and tape it in the, you know what I mean? Like I, I learned. So I think, yeah, people reject gifts because of how they wrap. Um, but maybe it is a thing like Omar said where, or, or Zan has to meet in the middle. We have to go from, okay, this is how we used to present ourselves, but now that we know better and our content is there on the inside, Let's present ourselves to match what's on the inside. Yes. Brady, I think you said something that we that we touched on earlier, the whole how a person desires to be loved and versus the way that you desire to show love. You desire to show love like, yo, I, I got you a gift. And then the person articulated, but the way that I like to receive it, like present it to me if you care. And then there's that maturation process of saying, okay, even though the way I desire to show you love is just by presenting the gift because you desire to be loved by be presenting it a certain way. I'll present it that way. Mm-hmm. So I think when it comes down to, I think the meeting in the middle That's of good. if somebody is uh, presents themselves one way, right, and we don't want to like the person said, was it chastity? Mm-hmm. We don't want to reject the gift just because of the way it was wrapped. I think said person should be able to articulate this is a great gift, but can we work on our presentation for future references? Now, don't be saying that the first day you meet them now. No, no, no. Not definitely not the first day you meet them. Like, once y'all got some relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, you, you got to get from me anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like it the was- fact that Brady, because like, I, I thought about the concept, you don't judge a book by its cover. So I like the fact that he gave a good gift, but you might have seen it in a, a janky, you know, grocery store bag. It's just like, man, what this dude just give me? And and uh-huh. really be grown that this is a dope yet. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Y'all are so dope. I appreciate you guys uh, joining for Sincerely Zainab for our part two of The Relationship from Hell. You guys gave some great information. If y'all liked everything that we talked about today, if you learned something... Uh, gain some new information, send up some hearts, uh, follow them on their social media pages. They'll continue to give you some great content there as well. 
we've had a, a wonderful time. Thank you guys for engaging with us in the comments. And we'll be back with another episode next month. Um, stay tuned for our topic. I got it in my head, right? I think this one's going to snatch our wigs off. Yeah, no, uh -oh. I don't, uh -oh. Snatch our wigs off. <laughs> so stay tuned. I'm excited to share uh, the next topic with you guys. And I'll see you guys next month. Bye, friends.